Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by Pam Harris's Pete Quail Realty on Southern Boulevard in Rio Rancho. It is time to find out what is going on in the City of Vision with our Mayor, Greg Hull. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Derek, and good morning, everybody out there. Thank you for joining us on another beautiful Sunday morning. And before you get off to church and listening to this show right here on KDSK, and I want to remind everybody, if there's a show you didn't catch, you want to catch up on, I do want to remind you, we've got our podcast on Spotify, and so whenever these shows are done, we are, we do record them, we upload them to Spotify, and you can just go out there and Google Mayor Greg Hull podcast, and it'll come up, and you can go back and scroll through Oh, now it'd be over a year's worth yeah. of shows because we started archiving back, I think, January a year ago, putting them up as a podcast. It's starting to get some attention on them, too. Yeah, people are listening. And, you know, I know a lot of people are, say, driving to church while we're on, and then they get there and they miss maybe the last 10 minutes or something. So now you can go back. And now you can go back because we do cover some very important information. I got to tell you, I was at an event the other day, and a guy walks up to me and says, when are you going to pay my road? He didn't know who I was at first. And then I introduced myself. I said, I'm Greg Hull. And he immediately knew who I was. And he says, when are you going to pay my road? And I said, well, what road do you live on? And he told me his road name. I'm not going to get into it, right. but it is one of the roads. And I, and I just politely said, do you, do you read the newspaper or check out any of the local news stories, whether it's on this radio show, on the podcast or at the Rear Rancho Observer? And he's like, well, no, not really. And I said, because if you had, you'd know that the road you just talked about is getting repaved this year. Yeah. So, and he's like, Oh, really? And I'm like, Yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's going to be a slow process. It's going to be a slow process. But today we're talking budget. This is probably going to be a two, uh, two part radio show because there's so much to cover in the budget this year and there's so much work getting done. But I just want to remind everybody in 2014, when I took office, no roads were getting fixed. The road bond had been killed by the voters. The voters did not feel that the administration at the time was spending the money in an appropriate way. And so the voters came out and said no to renewing the road bond. That was in 2011. We didn't get the road bond started again until 2016, which was two years after I took office. And it took a lot of trust building for the citizens to trust us with that money. And it was $10 million every two years is what the road bond yields. Okay, And once again, in this election, the voters overwhelmingly approved several things. Number one, they overwhelmingly approved the road bond. It's still in the high 70s with the approval. The public safety bond, still in the high 70s. The quality of life bond, that was a new one. So it was high 60s because people weren't really familiar with that. But when people see what we're going to do with that money, they're going to see that we're going to be fixing parks and fixing recreation centers and trying to bring stuff back up to a nice level of standard, right? They're going to see that. And then there was the voters overwhelmingly approved the permanent fund, which we're going to talk a little bit about that today as well, because now that that's been approved by the voters, there are some next steps. And I want everybody to know we're going to move on those next steps. The next steps would be forming a citizen investment advisory committee to oversight the money to make sure that the citizens know where that money is and how it's being invested and how it's growing and how it's working for the city. And there'll be reports that'll be put out on a at a minimum annual basis that'll report on, on what that money's doing and where it's going. If not, greater level of reporting 
that'll come out, you know, either twice a year or maybe four times a year. Because mm-hmm. the investment of the, for this particular board, I would probably think that this board would meet probably four times a year, right, quarterly, just to see where the money's at, right? Yeah, you can so, always let us know on this program, too. Oh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, Derek. Um, I, I will. As the reports come out, I get them out here, and I just give everybody the straight information on what's going on. But that being said, going back to the roads, is I guess it's this urban legend out there that in order to repave a road, it costs about a million dollars a mile. And to some degree, if it's a two-lane residential road that's already been built where you're not putting in sidewalks and you're not putting in curb and gutter and you're not putting doing any of the drainage work, you're just peeling up the existing asphalt and putting it back down, maybe you can get away with that about a mile for $1.5 million. But it's like I said, I was talking last week. Somebody walked up and he said, well, you know, uh, the city way overpaid for Southern Boulevard because they spent $15 million and it was uh, about two miles. And I said, well... No, it was $17 million, and it was a little less than a mile. So the numbers were wrong, and I'll always be very straightforward about the numbers, but there's no way that you can do everything that was done on Southern Boulevard with the drainage and the new infrastructure and the new sidewalks, the new all the landscaping, all the new signals, everything that was put in there. There's no way you were going to do that for a million dollars. just was going to happen. If you look at the 528 project that's going on right now from Ridgecrest to Northern, okay, Look at that project. That's two point two miles, give you know, give or take, right? Mm-hmm. So, does anybody honestly believe all the work that's being done, including building that bridge and doing all the frontage road and everything like that, is a two million dollar project? It's not. It's a much more expensive project than that, and that is a state project. So, I don't have the exact number here, but it depends on the road, is what I'm trying to get yeah, at. Well, they're widening. That's going to be three lanes yes. each side. Yes, but they're also reconstructing it completely. Oh, yeah. You New know, islands not, and yeah. stoplights and all that. Everything, everything. They're reconstructing it completely. And have you seen what they've done to the frontage road? So yeah. now that you can queue up at kind of a horseshoe bend and it brings you back around on a stunt and you get to queue up on that at a 90-degree angle, mm-hmm. it's a lot safer. Oh, yeah. As opposed to trying to sit up on that hill at a diagonal, yeah. you know. Yeah, and if you have a standard transmission yeah, rolling backwards. You're <laughs> rolling back, Exactly. So there's a lot of things. And what we have to do is just talk about these things in a very realistic sense is what is the real cost of these things and how is it getting done and how is it getting paid for? But going back to the math, we've got 400 miles of roughly of residential roads that need to be repaved. If it's a million and a half a mile, that's six hundred million dollars. The math is simple on that. But at the same time, we're replacing those roads. And think about this. My directive is we don't replace a road unless we can replace the underlying infrastructure. So why would you pave over leaking pipes? You wouldn't. You shouldn't. Let's Now, there might be somebody somewhere that would, but you shouldn't, yeah. and I won't, yeah. okay? So we've got to have not only the money for the road, but we've got to have the money for the underlying infrastructure. So figure that to be another $400 million. So it's a billion-dollar problem that we have. So we're going to be chipping away at this in a long time. But I also want to point out this. We just did a really great roads presentation at a city council work session just past this past Tuesday. And that's online. And you can go and learn all of the roads that have gotten fixed. So the road bond started six years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this year, all the roads that are going to get done at the end of seven years, we'll have over 50 major road segments replaced, major and minor road segments replaced. 50 in seven years. That's a huge number. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. Because you didn't pave my street. Correct. We didn't get get your street paved. The street my house is on. I mean, sometime last week, I think it was Tuesday, 
I guess a water main broke up by Michael Sanchez building up there because yeah. there was water all through the street. We had no water here at the studio. Fortunately, we don't use much water. We right. bottle water, but they had it fixed in a couple hours. But how do you budget? You don't know how many pipes are going to break. Well, you don't, but you do budget a certain amount, and we're going to talk budget today. But you do put an amount in there, and we, you know, based on the age of the pipes and based on the infrastructure, we have a pretty good idea of how much we need to tuck away to make sure that we can resolve these issues as they pop up. Because yeah, we're will. in the older part of Rio Rancho here on Correct. Robert Loop. Yeah, Correct. So. so we've got some stuff in the budget. It's not a fix-all. It's not an end-all. Mm-hmm. But even if we had a billion dollars, let me put it this way. If we had a billion dollars sitting in the bank, because you remember when we just went through the election, there were some people out there that were saying, hey, we'll just get all this money from the feds. Well, number one, the feds aren't going to give us money really for residential roads. They want major infrastructure. Yeah, they right? are doing roads and bridges, but not. My street. Not in the residential areas, right. And a lot of that federal money doesn't qualify to be used in residential areas. So that being said, we've got to work it out in different ways. But if you had a billion dollars, let's just play that game. Mm -hmm. It would still take 15 to 20 years to deploy those funds. So where are you going to get the equipment? Where are you going to get the material? Where are you going to get the asphalt and the labor? Where are you going to get all that? Is anybody really thinking that within one year or two years or three years, we could just lift all the asphalt up and set it all back down and it'd be miraculously all fixed? That's not going to happen. 40 years of neglect is going to take a long process to get this done. So I'm just continuing to beg people for their patience as we work through this because we are making tremendous progress. That is no doubt. And there's no argument that with the limited resources that we've had over the last six years, we've made amazing progress. And we've read the list of roads off right here on this show when we've talked roads. But today is not about roads, although we will touch on roads. Today is about the budget. And every year by statute, the city manager uh, has to supply me a budget, a proposed budget. Or we whoever say. the mayor is. Whoever the mayor is, right. And they also transmit that budget message out to the city council. And you probably have already seen it in the paper. I think this morning there's an article in the paper that talks about the city manager's budget. My response is due within 10 days. So I have to go through all of his budget, uh, the city manager's budget in 10 days and make comments on whether I agree or disagree with it, okay? And then after I give my budget message, this week coming up on Wednesday and Thursday of this week, we will have budget hearings where we go through all the various different budget aspects and we go through it kind of department by department and look at what the budget is, what they're wanting to spend money on and what that's going to look like. And so, as we know, we've had robust revenues and we took really good precautions with those robust revenues by creating the permanent fund, which once again, thank you to the citizens of Rio Rancho for supporting that vision of putting that permanent fund in the charter. So future administrations can't just come in and squander those dollars any way they want. They have to come and get the voters permission to to spend that money. But that money has already, Derek, had an extremely positive impact. And I'll get into that here in just a minute. But the budget. So the city manager has recommended a few different things. And we're just going to go through some of the highlights. The budget is huge. Huge relative to Rio Rancho, but I'm sure it's not relative to Albuquerque. Oh, yeah, this is tiny compared to – if you had a population of 100,000 people, this is about the size of a a phone book, if you remember what one of those were. Yeah, phone book. (laughs) You know, phone book. But, yeah, this is – I'm not sure how many pages. Let's see here. Yeah, we've got about 350 pages here of items that need attention, and obviously we have to run the city. So here's the budget, and we're going to go through some of the highlights. 
So let's just start off with, well, how much is in the budget? Okay, so our revenues are projected to be at $84 million, which is huge because normally we're usually projecting around $64 million. This spike is being created by the housing boom that we're going through right now. We've had a real good uptick in shop local, which we need to keep doing. Right. That helps with the local GRT. And uh, there's been some increases in property tax revenues, not in taxes in specific, but property tax revenues, because we have so many new houses right. and new businesses. Yeah. Buildings are being built. Right. So those are generating new tax revenue, right? So, so the empty lot on Northern where McDonald's was wasn't bringing you much money, but as a McDonald's... It's going it, to bring some money. Yeah. It's going to bring property tax and it's going to bring GRT. Okay. Not yet, but as soon as it's when built. It's open. Yeah. Exactly. When it's open. So a couple of highlights. As you know, Derek, the city manager's budget, we work together to try to pull this together. And this reflects a lot of things. Uh, number one, we use our strategic plan as a guide on how we're going to prioritize certain amounts of spending. And as you know, I am a steadfast, ardent supporter of public safety. So I believe in growing public safety as we grow as a city. And so that being said, some of the highlights on safety are we want to add two public safety aides or PSAs. Those are positions for the police department to assist with public facility security issues, some traffic related activities and to use as potential pool for recruiting new police officers. And so we want to look at a couple of PSAs there. You see this program going on in Albuquerque, and it, it is. It's a great training field for individuals that want to eventually become a police officer. Mm -hmm. And so getting them ready to go, queuing them up, allows us to use them for certain activities that maybe we don't want to dispatch an officer to that might need to respond to a higher priority call. So you can free up the officers to do police. Exactly. We do want to go ahead and add another sworn police officer position. This would get us up to 140 sworn officers. And when I took office, we were at 135, and it took us a while before we could start adding. Just a couple of years ago, we started adding new positions, new sworn officers. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. My goal is is to get the police department up to 150 sworn officers. And so this takes one position closer to that, plus it throws in the PSAs. So we've got that. We're moving everything in the right direction. We're growing the police department. We're adding resources to make sure that our police officers have the equipment and the personnel to respond to our emergencies, right? Now, this is a long list. I suggest that if you want to see the city manager's budget, you can go online. It's posted online. You can see it. There's a lot of details here. So I'm not going to go through this line item by line item. But I am going to hit some of the high points. So there's been a lot of discussion around Mariposa Fire Station. Yes. Okay. It so, had one, then it didn't have one. Correct. And the reason it doesn't have one right now, I mean, the building is there, is that we did back in 2014. Actually, it was 2013 before I took office, but we had to take action after I took office. So the study for the, our fire department was to maximize our fire department. And when we when we closed that particular station down, it actually improved the efficiency of the overall fire department, and it actually moved us into the top 4% of all fire departments in the United States, so by following that direction. And the problem was is that the resources that were at that firehouse were never there. They were always responding to calls in Enchanted Hills or North Hills or Loma, Colorado, somewhere else. Mm -hmm. They were backing up other stations, right? And so when there was a call out in Mariposa – they weren't there. And with Mariposa, it had stagnated in growth, and there was only about 200 homes out there. 
Now that we've got the growth going now again. they're building out there now. Now they're building out there. Now we need to start talking about bringing that station back online, and that's something that I've worked for for quite some time. So in this budget, there's money in there to add, and the first thing we have to do is is put equipment in there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we need to add a fire engine and other miscellaneous equipment, and the fire engine and other miscellaneous equipment is going to cost roughly $873,000. So we've got that in this budget. We're going to start this process. We want to renovate and improve that station, and that's about $230,000 to renovate it. It's been sitting there mothballed for a while, so we've got to go in and update a few things, right? And then we want to landscape it, get it back up to looking nice. There's $4,000 in here, and then we need to furnish it, and that's about $15,000. It's furniture and equipment, exercise equipment, things like that that the uh, firefighters will need while they're there. Clean the pole so they can slide yeah. down. Well, there's no pole in <laughs> this know. particular station. <laughs> no, so we're going to start working on that. And we've had a really great response from the city councilor in that area, Bob Tyler. Uh, and so we've got that going on. So how many fire stations do we have for a city of 100,000 people? Uh, we have six stations. So, yeah, we have this. Well, this one would be this is this one is included in that six yeah. station. Okay. So you have the one on Southern Boulevard. Okay. Then right. you have the one in River's Edge. Mm-hmm. You have the one on Rockaway. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. You have the one up in Enchanted Hills on Santa Fe Hills. Okay. Mm-hmm. Way up north. Then you have the one on Cherry. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And then you have the one in Mariposa. So How about is, that? See, I, I know yeah, where, <laughs> where they are. Is that the right amount of fire stations for a 100,000 population? It is. And it's uh, also the right amount for the amount of square miles that we have. So, yeah, so that's, that's, what, separation keeps us, of, that, that's yeah. what keeps us as an ISO 2, okay, an ISO rated 2 fire station, which keeps us in that top 4% of fire departments in the country. Not just not in the state, but in the country. Right. Okay. So that's very impressive. Okay. That's public safety in a nutshell. Those are the big items. And there's a few other things like adding CPR devices, cardiac monitors, new portable radios for the police department. There's a lot of things in here for our police and firefighters. And like I said, if you want to go in and take a look at everything that's in here, it's an itemized list that gives you some of these capital expenditures. And these are pretty much one-time expenditures that don't add a lot of reoccurring costs to the budget. And that's the one thing we want to be careful about. And that's the other thing we're going to touch on is our reoccurring cost budget has not really gone up. A lot of this stuff this year is just capital expenditure. And we're taking the money and we're looking at it as if it's one-time money and not growing government from a administrative standpoint – I was bragging the other day, and I'm really proud of this, is when I took office, the fourth floor, which is the administration, you know, the, what we call the fourth floor, right? Mm-hmm. We actually spend less money on the fourth floor today than when I took office for those higher level positions. So you don't have a department to study the dog for how it affects the grass in Haynes Park or anything? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, we do some not. some of these places, they have the craziest departments. That, I think they just make stuff up to create a job. I, right? I, 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 that could be, but here it's lean and mean because we're, look, we're about providing services. Yeah. What are the services the city wants? Well, first off, they want to live in a safe city, mm-hmm. okay? Make no mistake, they want a safe city. We're always focused on that. Second is they want quality infrastructure, roads and water, right? So in this particular budget, we are going to take on the 
environmentally friendly and sustainable approach of converting the 1,242 street lights that the city has control over. There's a lot more than that, but the rest of them are managed by P&M. So a lot of people don't realize the city doesn't own most of its street lights. Most of the street lights are owned by P&M, and P&M does the maintenance on those. Now, we own 1,242 of them, and we're going to start converting those to LED. To much be more brighter and cheaper to run. Correct. Yeah. Much more brighter, much more efficient, and you should theoretically change the light heads out far less. So we're gonna this this budget includes starting that. This budget includes phase seven of the neighborhood street repair program, which is referred to as the NSIP, and that's the crack patch and ceiling. And this is to be performed by existing city staff and equipment consisting of ten Total miles divided between each city council district. So there's $250,000 here for that. That's a step up from last year. Okay, so we're adding more money to the crack patch program, which hopefully will get out in front of your street. And this really does help because when you think about it, there's a crack only 40 to 60 feet. Everything between the crack is fine, fine, right? So we want to buy some more time out of this before we have to actually physically start ripping up and repaving roads. The crack patch buys us that time. I've always said this, Derek. It's not the permanent fix. It's a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, but it's going to buy us some time until we figure out how we can slowly get into replacing all these residential streets. And this budget is really creative this year because it gets into something. Also, on top of that, we're adding one5 million, okay, for one-time funding for additional neighborhood street repair to be performed by a contractor, and this is 10 total miles divided between the six city council districts. Now, this money will be directed more toward some of the collectors and stuff like that where the repair is a little more complex than just cutting out some asphalt, cleaning it out, Mm. and then putting some asphalt back. These are for a little bit more robust deals here, so that's $1.5 million that's going to go to that program. And then here's the big one, $5.5 million, okay, for a pilot program funding for six. And remember, we said we have 400 miles of residential roads, yeah. okay? <laughs> so six miles of neighborhood street rehabilitation and inlay, okay? Now, mill and inlay on streets. What we're going to focus on is the streets that are in the worst, worst, worst condition that don't have any base course underneath them and can no longer even be crack patched. Mm. We're going to leave this pretty much up to staff to go out and evaluate this. So you're not going to have a lot of preferential treatment here. Okay. Staff is going to go out. They're going to evaluate the streets. They're going to present their options to the city council. They will work with the city councilor. But if it's six miles, it's going to be a mile per council district, okay? Right, so council districts, yeah. Now, if it's not in front of your house, I'm sorry, but this is at least a start. I've seen some streets that are worn down. The top's worn off, and they're almost down to gravel. So those probably would be the first priority. They don't need the crack patch. They're just worn down. Well, and you can't crack patch them because they are worn down like that. Or they've alligator cracked, or they've just come apart, and you can't do crack patch or any type of asphalt seal on them anymore. It's done and over with. So they mill the millings off, they go back, they rejuvenate those, they recycle them, and then they put them back in, and they try to put them back down. Okay? So that's $5.5 million. This has never been done before in our city's history, where we've allocated $5.5 million to residential street replacement. So in this total budget, and I know this doesn't sound like a a lot of work that's going to get done. It is a lot of work in the sense that we've never been able to do this before. But now 
we are literally looking at $7,250,000 in this particular budget to go toward residential street repair and maintenance. That's never been done before. And I'm very proud of the fact that we've been so fiscally responsible with this administration that we're able to now take this money and put it to roads. And the big question was around the permanent fund. Well, why don't we just spend the permanent fund money on roads? Well, surprise, surprise, we're really able to do both. Yeah. Okay, we're putting almost $10 million to roads and we're putting $10 million into savings and that money's going to grow for us. And I'm going to explain as well why the permanent fund has already yielded big returns. Okay, we'll talk about that here in just a minute. So that's roads right there. And I know that's a lot right there. But if you go through this, also Enchanted Hills Boulevard, road reconstruction, $3.5 million, that's bond money. And we've talked about that. One-time funding for road repair associated with utility work. When the utility company comes in and tears something up to fix a pipe, Mm -hmm. we put a million dollars in there to patch the hole that they create. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. One-time funding for right-of-way acquisition, that's 400000 We spend that. Annual sidewalk repair, 125000 Now, that's not just for one hole. You're not spending a million dollars on one hole. It's no. for fixing all the yeah, holes. All the holes, yeah. yeah. It's a million dollars, so when the utility company goes in, digs up a hole, we've got that to fix the to patch wherever right. they are. But yes, not one, just one hole. Idalia Road, culvert crossing improvements, that's in here, 15th Street, culvert crossing improvements. There's just so much that goes on in here. One of the things that we've got to do is we've got to replace a water truck, and then we'll be starting this year something as part of an extension of our comprehensive plan. We're going to be starting a facilities master plan and strategic assessment of all of our facilities in the community and where they're at, what condition they are, what kind of money we need to get them all fixed up, and where do we need to add additional facilities. For example... If you live up in Enchanted Hills, we're finally getting a library up there and a community center. It's never been done before. We've got it done. So what would I like to do? Well, I'd like to see a swimming pool facility up there someday, right? Because Mm -hmm. there's a swimming pool facility at Haynes Park. There's one out at Rainbow. There's one at Loma, Colorado. But there is nothing up in Enchanted Hills. And I do not forget Enchanted Hills because I used to live up there, right? So... Quality of life, as we move out of infrastructure, quality of life, we're going to be doing quite a few things in this particular area. Once again, we can get in here and look at this. But one of the things on the quality of life improvements that I'll be adding that's not in the city manager's recommended budget is I'm going to be requesting that the city council put $100,000 in this budget so that we can upgrade and improve a park above. That's our all-inclusive park. And it's already coming on seven years old since Park Above opened. It's seen a lot of wear and tear. So we're going to put that there. And then I'm going to work with the county to see if we can't get the county to throw a little cash that way, too, so we can bring that park back up to a really, really, really nice standard, like when it was pristine and brand new. We'd like to just, you know, tidy it up a bit. Economic viability, we're going to be investing some money there. So one of our biggest things that we do is – We issue building permits, and we have inspectors that inspect new buildings. We are really behind on our inspectors. So this budget adds for a new building inspector. See, these are ground-level services, not fourth-floor services. Yeah, well, if I want to put up a building for my new business, and I've got to wait while I'm making bank payments Mm -hmm. because the city can't send an inspector out, I'm not going to be happy. Correct. And we also have in this budget uh, an additional plumbing mechanical inspector position. These are ground-level citizen service positions. Once again, not administrative positions, but the positions that actually provide the services. 
So this is real ground-level stuff. And once again, we want to do updates to our specific area plans. There's some money in there. We want to update our development services process manual. There's some money in there for that to hire an organization to help us with that. And we've got a whole bunch of other things that we've got listed in here that are kind of key items. We could go on for hours. I'm not going to because I know everybody wants to get to church. But there's a lot in here. When we get into Cities Facility Improvement Replacement Fund, there's $542,000 in there for various different repairs to facilities throughout the city. When you look at uh, the Recreation Development Fund, there's $161,000 in there. We've got to do some uh, computer updates. Obviously, cybersecurity is a huge thing, so updating our computer fund. And then Regional Emergency Communications Center, we got $1.8 million allocated there. That's your 911 dispatch center, all that stuff. And so there's just a lot of other stuff that's in here. I am very proud of the fact that we've been able to set some money aside for LIDA, and we're getting close to having a million dollars in our LIDA fund, and that's where we use some funds to help recruit businesses, job creators to the city. And the city's never been able to actually have a stable, long-term, consistently funded LIDA fund. We now have that. LIDA stands for Local Economic Development Act Money. We're going to get into some some numbers here. The budget this year is eighty four million. Okay, is the revenues? Now we're not spending all of that. Okay, that's, so that's what's coming in. What's right. Well, that's the money that we have now and the money that's coming in. So now, as you get into this and you drill into it, we're not going to spend all that money. Okay. So as you look down through the budget, I know you, in the past we've been at about sixty million. Correct. And we're going to keep that reoccurring expenditures really close to the same thing. So our expenditures have not really gone too far off. It's actually $59 million in expenditures. Revenues are expected to be around 56, but we have additional revenues that we've gained from last year that will be rollover. So there's various different things that you read through, but this is a balanced budget. And I can go through all the various different details. There's a lot of intricate details on this. And we'll go through some more of this in part two, because this is the city manager's budget. Now, my response to this budget, as a matter of fact, I gave it just this past Friday, but I thought, well, let's break this down and talk about what the city manager did, and then we can talk about what my responses to that were next week, so we kind of split this up. Yeah, got a cliffhanger, so you have to tune in next week to find out the mayor's suggestions to the budget. Right. I already gave one. That was that 100000 for Park Above, but right. there's some other things that I, I will talk about that I'd like to see done, because also in this budget, the city manager's budget, there's a COLA. It's a split COLA. In the first six months, it's 2%, and then at mid-year, it kicks up to 4%, so, so based on the available revenues that we have right now. And so there's a few different things that we have going on here. And I will talk more about the things that I wanted to put in the budget. But for the most part, this particular budget, it's a two thumbs up budget. I'm telling you, I, I really appreciate the city manager and staff working very hard to bring forward a budget that's very responsive to citizen concerns. And that's what we're trying to do is respond to the people that actually pay this money in, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, well, it's like I said, I think most of us in Rio Rancho, including myself, aren't interested in programs to determine how dog hair affects the grass in the parks. Silly stuff that a lot of cities do. Like you said, it's a pretty straightforward. Here, The city is the way it is because of the way it's been run, and we'd like to keep 
Absolutely. Doing that. And we've got a very consistent process that we followed over the last eight years, and I don't see a reason to deviate from that over the next four years. we got a good running car. What you want to do is just give it the maintenance it needs to keep it moving in the right direction and keep it up to speed. These are the things that I look at when I vote for my city councilor or mayor, what that person is. Are they going to keep going the way we're going, or are we going to have all these programs that don't really do anything? Right, right. And and that's why we're focused. We're focused on citizen services. We do the citizen survey every two years in front of an election, right? And when we go out for the road bond renewal, okay, when we go out for that renewal or the public safety bond renewal, we get an idea from the citizens through that survey what their percentage of support will be. And I know there were some back when we did the citizen survey. You remember this it was back in June and it came out. There was very positive information. But we had some naysayers that said, oh, no, that's not a statistically valid sample. Well, it was because all the, election, the, yeah. you know, the election said it happened exactly the way that the results from the survey, all of the numbers came in as the polling suggested that, yes, citizens were going to continue to support the road bond. Yes, they were going to support the public safety bond. Yes, they were going to support the new quality of life bond a little more tentatively. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, the percentage works. It's yeah. like they did with the roads the first exactly. time. Exactly. And tentatively, they were a little tentative on this, was the creation of the permanent fund. Now that it's created, we get to show everybody what that's all about. Now, let's talk about that for just a minute because I've been teasing that all through the show. Now, after those bonds were overwhelmingly approved with myself being reelected, the city council being reelected, we got Carissa Colbreth back, we got Jeremy Lennon back, we got Bob Tyler back, we've got these bonds approved at, at huge numbers, huge percentages. We have a clear directive. Well, and you didn't mention we got you back. Right. Well, that's true. Yes. And thank you again, because the voters overwhelmingly sent me back to that office at a percentage of 68%. Yes, we have a clear directive. Some might call it a mandate. I like to stay away from that word for the most part, but I'm going to call it a clear directive. Keep moving in the direction you're moving, and here's the tools to do it. Now, this permanent fund was, was a little squirrely trying to explain to people how this was going to impact the local economy. So, yes, the money's going to go into an investment account. It's going to be invested. We're hoping to grow it. We're hoping to grow that those dollars aggressively. We're hoping to leave a fund for our children's children's children so that they can run the city somewhere in the future, right, and have some extra money to do it. But permanent funds also can have a very definitive impact on the city's bond rating. Okay, so before we go take our bonds to market, okay, we have to talk to the bond rating agency that's going to market those bonds. And the bond rating agency has to tell you how they rate those bonds. Now, Rio Rancho, when I first took office, our bond rating wasn't real strong. Okay, we've worked on that. We've moved it up to a double A one, which is a very strong. It's a good, strong bond rating. When you go out, we're getting preferred interest rates all over the place. Our last bond sales, we got record returns on the money that we got to keep and record lows on the money we were spending in interest. So we do this interview with the bond rating agency. And if anybody works in this area, they know what I'm talking about. We get on the phone. They assign somebody to review our portfolio. They look at the status of the city. They look at the consistency of the city. And they look at the things that the city is doing and the policies that we have in place. So one of the policies that we established when I first took office was moving our reserves from to 15%. And then during the pandemic, we moved that reserve from 15 to 25% because we didn't know where this was going to go. We didn't know how this was all going to work out. 
So why not prepare for the worst? And so we started tucking money away and tucking money away and tucking the money away. Well, after we came out of the pandemic, we were sitting on close to 90% reserves. That's a good problem to have. Sure it is. <laughs> so we're going to take some of that money and by charter, we're going to ask the voters, hey, do you want to put this in a lockbox? And the voters overwhelmingly said yes. Put it in a lockbox. Yeah, and I think you'd have had more say yes, but there was some misinformation, not from you, but on social media that it wasn't what it was. Right. And it's unfortunate that the people that were spreading that misinformation knew very well it was what it was. <laughs> <laughs> is that this is a way to protect the future of Rio Rancho and improve our economic viability. Well, I'm happy to report that our bond rating agency stepped our bond up a full step because citing specifically 25% reserves and the creation of a permanent fund. They said that is very unique for a city to take that step. Okay, it's very unique. And because you've taken these very economically, fiscally responsible steps, we're going to improve your credit rating. And when we improve your credit rating, it means when we take your bonds to market, we get to sell them at a preferred rate, and you're going to pay less interest. So let's just say, now I don't know, uh, we'll have to find out what this number is, and I'll report on this when they get done, because obviously, once again, we're moving in the right direction when you're reducing your overall costs of operating government and increasing the take on our bond issuances and paying less in interest. I don't know how you debate that we're moving in the wrong direction. But that being said... We will compare our bond issuance from two years ago under the old bond rating, and we'll compare it to this one. And let's just say we save a million bucks. Well, that means my permanent fund that has $10 million in it has already yielded 10% (laughs) because it was pointed out as a definitive factor as to why – our bond rating improved. It didn't actually come from interest on the $10 million, but it, because we had it, we got a better rating, which created... And that's what we yeah. have to remember is the little things you do when it comes to fiscal responsibility can create a ripple effect that have an effect on everything else you're doing in the city. And that's what we're looking for. And so I'm very proud to report that. I'm very excited about that. And that means not only did we just get real affirmation from the citizens that they felt that we're moving in the right direction, we got affirmation from the bond rating agency that says, you're moving in the right direction. And you're going to be rewarded for those steps. And that's going to be great because there was a lot of cities that came out of the pandemic. They got their bond rating downgraded because they didn't manage their funds properly, right? And they didn't do certain things. They didn't take certain precautions. And when they came out of the pandemic, and that was one of the things that the agency pointed out is they said, hey, you guys took some pretty amazing steps during the pandemic that really nobody else took. And that was really fortifying and securing your fiscal livelihood and your fiscal future by taking these responsible steps to ensure that you're operating in a way that really makes your bonds very preferable on the market. So I'm excited. I don't know. I will give a report when those bonds go to market and we'll let you know uh, how much money we saved. And so I keep joking around, Eric, but at some point in time I said, over the time that I've been in office, I've brought millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to the city through interest savings, refinancing our debt at lower interest rates as we improved our bond ratings and stuff like that. So when you compare that to the amount that uh, we pay out for professional services, the investment has been well worth it to have the people that we have at the helm they're safeguarding all this stuff and making sure that we're making the right steps and we're moving in the right direction and that those 
things are paying dividends. I know we got to wrap this up, but we just got some really exciting news. I want to point this out. You know, Campus Park Skyroom, mm-hmm. it's already received one architectural award, one of New Mexico's highest awards. It received that. We talked about that a, a couple of months ago. Well, the uh, University of New Mexico and Thornburg Foundation have given the Skyroom its highest level architecture award. So this wow. is a award-winning architecture and you know when I embarked to get this park this real town square if you will out at city center I know everybody were was questioning what are you going to do how are you going to do it we got it done it took many 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 years it took a lot of creative work to get it done but we got it done and now it has become the crown jewel of Rio Rancho for events and it's being statewide and nationally recognized for a quality of life facility. So I'm very excited to announce that Rio Rancho has received yet another award, an architecture award from UNM and the Thornburg Foundation for outstanding architecture on that. Very good. So really cool stuff going on in Rio Rancho there, Derek. I guess I made the right choice to uh, put the radio station here. You did. You did. (laughs) And uh, I'll tell you, I got to say, I listen to the station. I don't just talk on here. I listen. And uh, I also hear that uh, you're getting a lot of great advertisers. You're getting a lot of attention. So it's really great to see because that's really what makes a radio station tick. Yes. And so it's uh, paying that GRT into Rio Rancho because when you buy ads on KDSK, we're... In sitting here on Barbara Loop in Rio Rancho, so the GRT goes to the city instead of the other way around when businesses in Rio Rancho buy ads on Albuquerque stations. Exactly. Albuquerque gets the GRT, and I'm sure they appreciate that, but sure. uh, you know, we're trying to reverse that uh, leakage, they call it. Yes. Well, the, some called it a leakage. I called it a hemorrhage because <laughs> <laughs> we were losing that money left and right. We're starting to turn that around, and we'll talk more, I think, next week about why we're seeing these increased revenues, what's changed. One of the big factors, and we'll kind of discuss this a little bit more, is the Internet sales tax. That has really turned things around. And so people, when you buy something online, Rio Rancho gets credit. And if you live in Rio Rancho, Rio Rancho gets credit for the sale, and we get that GRT now. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But those are where some of the revenues are coming from, along with construction, GRT. And, and those are the big questions is where is this revenue coming from? But the big thing that that I will point out, Derek, is we shouldn't go nuts and go windfall crazy and start adding crazy positions to the city and funding projects. What I want to do is I want to stay right where we are from an operational standpoint. We already have $60 million in reoccurring, basically reoccurring expenses. Let's keep it there. And these revenues that are above and beyond that – that we don't know if they're going to continue well into the future. We'll know that in a few years. But let's treat it like it's one-time money and really start to fix things in the city. And that's what that $5.5 million is in those residential road repairs. It's one-time money. We get those roads fixed. We don't have to really look at them again for 15 years. So it's one-time expense. Let's use the money in a one-time expense type situation where we're not taking on additional reoccurring costs that require us to grow our revenues or potentially raise taxes if that money doesn't stick around. Don't raise taxes. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm not a fan of that. I know. You know I'm not a fan of that. So they're starting to raise interest rates. So when you get a mortgage now, it's going to cost a little more. That could slow things down, and hopefully they'll control it. But we could end up in a situation, say, like in 2008, where you have people upside down in houses. Right. 
And now all of a sudden, well, and you, you had the city upside and, down in expenses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you but, know. but not if they had this reserve, right? And so we got strong reserves. We got a permanent fund that's now making money from our money, so that we have more money, and we'll put that money toward various different repairs and services throughout the community. Might be road repairs. We might throw. We'll see what that fund earns. My big thing is I'd like to put 100% of the earnings from that fund back into the principal, at least for the first four years. Just grow it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we need it, we can always change that policy. But uh, for now, let's just let it all sit there until we really need it. And the money that we have right now we're deploying is all the services that we possibly can. And we, all of our cards are laying on the table. And we're we're going to keep up the work, and we're just going to keep it going. All right. I'm talking with Mayor Greg Hull of Rio Rancho. Mayor, thank you. You're welcome, Derek. And let me remind everybody, if you missed any part of this, I know it was a lot of information. Go out to the Greg Hull Mayor of Rio Rancho podcast on Spotify. We'll put this up later today, and it'll be available for you to sit down and go back through and just kind of review it. And uh, for everybody out there, go out there, have an amazing Sunday, and God bless.